It's good to be in the house of the Lord. It's good to have each one here. But isn't it great to see all of our younger church members here today? Give them a round of applause today. Can some of you remember being that age? Think real hard now. Maybe you didn't come in and just sit as a group. Maybe you're sitting with mom or dad or grandma or grandpa or your siblings. But you see, they, they've got to experience. There are things happening today that the Holy Spirit's just downloading in each one of you. Some of these things you'll remember for life. Some of these things will speak to you later. Some of it you don't understand at all right now. Why do these people walk up here and when nobody else called them to come up here? Why do we pray for them? Why do we sing so many songs? Why do we lift our hands? Why do we get excited? Why do we come together to hear some man get up here and talk when everybody else stays quiet? God's shaping us, isn't he? I want you to turn with me to a very familiar passage of Scripture. As Spirit-filled people, we know Acts chapter 2. I want to read, once again, verses 1 through 6. As you're standing today with me, we, as Grace Life Church, putting together our positions that can be easily transferred, communicated, among our core values, each, each one of these areas we define using five words because the number of grace is five. And we are, among other things, Pentecostal. When I use that term, it causes you to have different thoughts. Some dearly embrace that term, others question that term, and some have had bad experience with that term. It is a biblical term. And as Grace Life Church, I want you to know we don't just embrace the term Pentecostal because we're denominational. We do it because it's biblical. There are denominations that have been formed to hold positions of Pentecostalism and Many have walked away from certain things of it. Others have held very fast, as we say, to these things. But I would pray today that, once again, we just take God at his word. As we once again hear the story, how God was doing a new thing that he promised upon the earth. And that's what I would say today, as Grace Life Church, being Pentecostal, we're not doing it because of creed, dogma, doctrine, denomination. We do it because we're living in the continuation of the promise. So turn to somebody and say, I believe in that promise. It's what the Bible says. Go to the upper room and tarry and wait for the promise. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound. 
like a mighty rushing river, or, or excuse me, wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound, the multitude came together, and they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. Once again, thank you for your word that's eternal and life-changing. Let it speak to us once again in the name of Jesus, we pray. God bless you. Turn around to somebody and say, I'm glad you're here today as you're being seated. <laughs> Sometimes it helps us to go back and when we read to say a little prayer prior to scripture reading, especially in devotional reading, because we can feel like I already know what I'm about to read and ready to skip to something else. Ever been there? We read with conditioned eyes. We listen with conditioned ears. Oh, I know this position. I'm a preacher's kid. I know what my dad said. I know what my mother said, my grandmother said. And yet here again, we hear this testimony and this historical record that on the day of Pentecost, the feast of Pentecost, these that had walked with Jesus, followed our master, gathered together. There's 120 of them in this place called the upper room. And as they're there, they've been there for several days, 10 days actually. But they were told by their master to stay there and to tarry there until, until. They didn't know how many days, until. They just knew, I'm going to stay there until the promise. And when the promise came, it came in a form that I don't hear many people talking about. The Bible declares that a sound came from heaven. We're easy, we easily jump ahead of it and talk about the mighty rushing wind that came from heaven, but that's not what the Bible said came from heaven. A sound came from heaven. It was likened unto a mighty wind. And then we find out not only did those in that room hear this sound, that's why we read through verse 6, all these others that had come for the Feast of Pentecost, numbering in the thousands, have gathered so the whole region together gives historical record. They all heard the sound. Now, I don't know. I, lo I, I love inquiring. I just have one of those minds. When I go through the grocery store, I still look at those tabloids because inquiring minds want to know. I love asking myself questions. I like asking questions to the text. I don't know. It, the Bible says there, the sound came from heaven. Maybe it was because it was being unleashed in such a, a way that was so fast, maybe it broke the sound barrier, and there it was. Possibly. The Bible says there was an outpouring. 
It may have been God himself saying, I have waited so long. And it came with such impact. See, I love doing this. You've got to be stretched too. Well, I know that story. No, this story changes our lives. The sound possibly wasn't the speed of it. Because again, those that heard it said, I, I don't know what to liken unto other than wind. And to this day, maybe there's those among us that have been around tornadic activity. But if you haven't, you, you always hear the testimony. They'll say it sounded like a freight train coming. It was winding up. Whatever it was, it was a sound. And again, it reminds us again about sound itself. There's a definition of sound, and the, that definition talks about the vibrations that travel through the air. And again, notice what it says. They can be heard by each. It, it's there all the time. It's just we talk about it when it finally gets to our ears. How often is God speaking, but we don't recognize it? How often is God doing something among us in the atmosphere but we don't even realize it's God. We don't even know he's around. We, we're so used to saying, I don't know if God even hears me when I pray. And yet, the earth is filled with his glory. It does even give us insight, and I won't go there today, about spiritual warfare and understanding why Satan, in one of his major roles, is prince and power of the air to, to disrupt the signals that God is sending to the earth. But it also speaks to us in a personal way of getting to a place, and this is why the Bible says, he that hath ears, let him hear. We all have ears, but are we hearing? The question really is, are we listening? Have you ever noticed that? that you, a lot of activity going on, and you want to hear from God, and you've even been to church, and wonderful music, and wonderful preaching, and wonderful whatever, and you go home, and it's like, I don't know if God speaks to me, and you finally get alone with God, and it's, uh, now I, I hear him. It's a small still voice. You see, it, it takes us getting in position to hear. It's there. It's happening right now. The sound that came from heaven. It's described in Scripture, in this historical document, that it was likened to a violent wind. It wasn't just a, oh, that was nice. It was a mighty, rushing wind. There's something about wind that we all know, especially those of you that still have hair follicles. It disrupts. It moves. It shifts. Everything in its path is affected by its wind. This rushing, mighty wind hurled in change, change that we're still talking about today. It changed every one of these lives in that region. It changed those in that room. This rushing, mighty wind came in and ushered in a brand new thing upon the earth. This wind was violent. Yesterday, I was at the state prayer conference I had a few moments to sit in my truck before I went into the facility. Being who I am, I had read my utmost for his highest, the devotion. And I'm just there, and I'm just watching people as they enter into the 
to the building. And I had this thought in my mind as they were walking in. I saw large people, skinny people, older people, younger people, uh, male and female, on and on and on. But why are they here on a Saturday morning? They could be anywhere else. They were gathering together because, you see, that sound had come into their life sometime in their life. And it's changed them. They, they want to gather together and to grow even some more, to come together corporately to hear what God is saying to us, not only as an individual, but as a people. You see, some of these faces I recognize as long as I've been in the state of Georgia. Some of these faces I've been seeing for greater than 30 years they're getting older. I don't know what's happening to them. They just, they're getting older. They're getting balder and grayer. I'm watching generations of them come together. I, I know you. I remember when you didn't know any of these because they weren't born yet. You see, they've been affected by that sound, that gift, that promise given to all of us. I heard reports yesterday from Daniel Kalinda. He's the one that's taken over Reinhard Bonnke's ministry and again just incredible testimonies of what that sound is still doing upon the earth lives being transformed changed in this congregation today many nations represented you see that sound didn't just happened in Israel it's happened all around the world can I have a witness in the house and it's still happening today for the next generation and then it comes to this thing called tongues and that thing called tongues, man, it divides the people. We either embrace it because we've been touched by that sound and it ushered forth something supernatural in life, or we don't want anything to do with it. It's one of the, the most contestable subjects we can talk about, even among parishioners, churched people. Well, I believe in tongues. You do. Well, they, all, they ceased back in the first century. Well, I believe in tongues, and there's many houses of worship today in this land that will say we believe in the Bible and we believe in the gifts that it describes that we're just asking you not to do it here you do it in your own time at home that's no exaggeration I hear it all the time you see what we got to remember about tongues is there's nothing natural about it it came by spirit it is supernatural. It goes beyond the natural. And therefore, it tells on ourselves when we say, I don't want to accept anything to do it, because we're telling ourselves, I want to be in control. And if I can't explain it, then I don't want anything to do with it. Well, there's a lot of things that goes beyond my expertise in life, but I enjoy them. When it comes to the Spirit of God and ushering in this thing, this phenom, it reminded me of something else I came across and studied a long time ago. You see, the supernatural of God goes without explanation. We can think of a generation out in a wilderness that we still preach and talk about. And they're out there and they're getting hungry. And God supernaturally feeds them. They wake up in the morning and there's this white stuff everywhere. And it's not snow. You and I have heard the story so often, oh, we know what that is. We can ask many of these here today. What was that word? Manna. Manna. 
Oh, we know what that word is. So we understand it, don't we? No, we don't have a clue. What do you mean, Pastor? You see, the word manna really is two words in the Hebrew. Ma and na. And when they got out there that day, they said, what is it? And that's exactly what the word manna means. That's the description. What is it? It sustained them for 40 years. It kept them. It provided for them. I'm sure they learned different ways how to cook the stuff and to fry the stuff and to eat it just raw, but they still didn't know what it was. They never did say, oh, we used to call it manna. Now we call it sirloin, or now we call it potato. They still called it manna because they never knew what it was because it didn't come from this world. It came from that world, and it came upon the earth, and it sustained them. It's supernatural. I'm here to tell you today, I am Pentecostal. From the last hair still standing to the longest toenail I have, there is a God who's greater than my understanding. He's able to keep me, sustain me, provide for me. When the cabinet is empty, he's able to provide. If a battery goes dead, he's able to charge it. You say, well, that's just crazy. I have to be able to explain it. This sound came from heaven, and it changed everything. Go to Acts chapter 10. And I will not say this facetiously. I wish that we were in a time where I had about two hours just to do a, a solid Bible study. And I've only taken you to Acts chapter 10 because that's your homework. I'm going to reference it. But the entire chapter should be extremely important to each and every one of us. Because again, we know what it's about to say and we assume that we know all that it said. But have we really ever turned to God and said, God, thank you for what you did that's recorded in Acts 10. Because unless you're a Jew, you are a Gentile. And this particular passage describes how we got in. This building would not have been erected. It would have not had a hundred years working toward for us to be able to come in here where a group of people just started in home groups, getting together whenever they could. This week, it might be three weeks later, six weeks later, coming together. Why? Because they were getting in God's Word and said, there's more, there's more. And they believed in a Pentecostal message. And they started finding out they could get favor from God, and they were able to build their first building over on Ayers Avenue. And finally, God was so good they could get to uh, Austin Avenue. And, oh, God opened up a little 10-acre track of land on All Good Road, and they were able to be able to sacrifice and have chicken dinners so that they could buy a piece of land and eventually erect its first building here. How many have been here all that time? You see, we're still assembling together because somebody heard the sound. And in this, in chapter 10 of Acts, you'll find a centurion, a Roman soldier, who's now stationed in northern Israel on the coast, a place called Caesarea, The Bible tells us he's generous. He's a good man. And the Bible says he's a God-fearer. That's the term that was used for anyone that was not a Jew that believed the message that there wasn't multiple gods but one God. 
Cornelius was a God-fearer. And Cornelius gets revelation. An angel comes to him. Does that sound natural? How many angels have you seen today? The supernatural of God is working and goes to Cornelius and says, I'm here to tell you God's about to do something, and I want you to send for a man that's just down the coastline in a place called Joppa, and his name is Peter. Ask him to come here. You see, God is so awesome that at the same time, this is one of them stories that has a, a dual line going on, and they're just they're working together as God's getting ready to dovetail them together. Here's Peter, who at this time has received the sound that's changed him. He had walked with the master, but had no clue how big this thing really could get. You see, as he now, oh, I wish I had time. He's at Simon the Tanner's house. You see, this Jew couldn't really be a part of any of that to be contaminated. So he's up on the roof, out on the coast getting ready to get in his lounge chair and drink his sweet tea at noon, waiting for lunch. And all of, a God, all of a sudden, God sends a supernatural lunch and puts it on a blanket and brings it down to him. And what he sees is animals. He sees reptiles and birds. And God says, kill and eat. No, 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 no. The second time, kill and eat. No, 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 I, uh, my, my, my bias is against that, my prejudice, my training, I'm better than that. That's common, and I'm uncommon. So God did it the third time. You've got to understand that significance because the number three kept impacting this man when he denied our Lord three times with warning. And later on, Jesus would meet him on the coastline and ask him three significant times, do you love me? To be restored. To set the record straight. And now once again, three times it comes down. And then he gets the revelation. He hears the voice of God. Men are coming to get you. Go with them to this, to Caesarea. When he goes downstairs to meet these three Gentiles, guess how many of them there were? Three. It's all there. Read it. God takes him up, and now they go on, and they're, he's sharing the gospel. The gospel you and I have the privilege of hearing right now. They're hungry for it. They're desperate for it. There's something going on. We've heard what's happened in Jerusalem. I'm a God-fearer. We, we, we don't know. We're ignorant. There's got to be more. We know there's one God, but we want to know something about him. And Peter goes there. And he shares with them the gospel. And then, <laughs> about verse 44, you'll see where all of a sudden, to all of their amazement, that same sound showed up again. Read it. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they were speaking in tongues. The same supernatural effect. That couldn't be explained. Can you imagine Peter? I think his head was about to spin off his shoulders. This just can't be. I'm not having a very good day. First, I see this blanket coming down with common stuff, and God says, don't call it common anymore. 
And now I'm seeing these. I enjoy sharing with them what I have. But they're speaking in tongues. We're going to pause here a minute. This week, if you've enjoyed my utmost for his highest, Oswald Chambers describes something like this as well when he says, we've got to give God elbow room. That was Daniel Boone's quote, wasn't it, Nanny? Daniel Boone just kept crowning people and said, why didn't you stay somewhere? He always said, I have to have elbow room. But it wasn't just Daniel Boone. Oswald Chambers learned, and he's teaching us when we live our life so much, okay, God, I got you figured out, and this, you're going to work starting ten, Sunday morning, 1030, and you better stop about 12. Maybe we'll give you grace to 1205. I'm not trying to be ugly. I'm just trying to start us of how we tell God what he can do, when he can do, and where he can do it. You might call together a Bible study. It's been going on 22 years now. The most eclectic group you can imagine. Jews, Catholics, all different uh, nominations of denominations. And they've become dear friends. Haven't they, Kathy? Say amen real loud. There you go. It's the first amen I got out here in 30 years. (laughs) That's not true. Elbow room. You see, we're a people... We used to believe that. Let's tarry in his presence and see what God might do. He might just show up. He might just show out. He might just work on this derelict over here and transform them. He might just heal this person that we're laying hands on and praying for. He might just call one of these to call be called into ministry and preach the gospel and go around the world. For Daniel Kalinda, he's going around the world, literally millions, 80 million people have come to Christ in the last 30 years because of that ministry that he's now a part of. 80 million, not by just, uh, we think it's the crowd today, that's decision card records. One of the first of Daniel Kalinda here today. Let's give God elbow room. What if God will renew some of us who are older and do a new thing? How many 50 and older want a new thing in your life? Raise your hand. Come on. Shout to the Lord. God, I don't want to know you just the way I've always known you. I'm kind of routine. And if I can be honest with you, God, that gets boring. God, if I'm the one that's causing you to be boring, then move me by your sound. Change me by your sound. Transform me by your sound. Speak to me again. Let your word become rhema. Let it speak to the now. Let it speak to me where I am. Let me get in prayer and hear your voice. Let me be touched by you, oh God. Speak to me in the morning and cause me to walk in the path of someone else that I don't even know their name on aisle 11 at Walmart or Publix or, or Home Depot. And all of a sudden, I got an opportunity to share the gospel with them. And right then and there, they say, would you pray with me? God must have sent you my way. You could have not known what just came out of your mouth before now. Would you pray and believe with me? Maybe it'll be your time, as Cornelius, that you're just getting alone with God. (laughs) And nothing happens just then, but it builds and it develops. 
He says, we become so impatient. Give him elbow room. Well, God, I'm having a good day, and I got an extra 10 minutes. Why don't you do something right now? And he says, why don't you die out and let me live in you? Let me present my life a living sacrifice. I'm no good to you dead, God. You've made me alive. Jesus, you promised I may have life and life more abundantly. Then make me fully alive in the spirit. Make me fully alive in your presence. Here I am, a living sacrifice. I got a brain. God, use it today. I got hands, God. Use them today. I got feet today. I got a voice today. I've got humor today. I've got a way to be able to win people over to me. God, whatever I have, would you pour out your sound upon me again. Speak to me. Transform me. Renew me. Empower me. Well, I got to wait till Sunday morning. I hope the preacher's got a red hot. What happens if you give him elbow room on Monday morning? Turn on that clock. Acts chapter 11 continues Acts 10. I'd have loved to have been a fly on the wall. Because Peter with a few other come back to Jerusalem. And he said, let me tell you, y'all not going to believe this. I was up at Caesarea. I was grabbing a burger and some fries. I didn't know I could eat it before then. God had prepared my path. And God used me in a way he had never used me. There were Gentiles there. And they wanted to hear about our master and our Lord. They wanted to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. I shared with them who he is and what he's done and how he died on a cross for our sins, but he didn't stay there. He's fully alive. And he said, then the Holy Ghost fell on them just like it did to us in the upper room the other day. Now, wait a minute, Peter. You know, you can read in the dialogue there, there's a hesitation there until he says, no, 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 I'm telling you, the very same way. He manifested himself, and what he, I realize is there's no partiality in God. Red and yellow, black and white, they're all precious in his sight. Who their mama is, who their daddy is, with their blue bloods, if they're not, he's doing this thing upon the earth. And I heard them glorify God. And I heard them with my own ears speaking in tongues as God was giving them utterance. And it was there that they were moved. Then if that happened, then we accept it. Carrie, you better come. I haven't even but started it.
Just wait on him. Just wait on him. That's, just, that's it. Enter in. Enter in. Enter in. I don't understand everything going on, Pastor. It's okay. Just enter in. Ask him your questions. Just take another step. And some of you came in here with quite a load of responsibility. But in this moment, would you allow that to become secondary? And let him become first. You will notice then all these other things will be added to you that you'll need. He's wanting you to give full devotion to him. Just enter in. For some, it's been a long time since you've just entered in. We're so used to moving to the next step, the next event, what's going to happen in the next minute. But just tarrying in his presence. moments like these that as he has the liberty to move that he brings healing with him where he brings a peace with him for others it's simply a time of release I don't know why I was so fearful so anxious so tense because you see in his presence, <laughs> there's change. There's pleasures forevermore. We are called the children of God, heirs unto God, joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Just enter in. Enter in as a daughter. Enter in as a son. Enter in as a loved part of the family. Just enter in. Some right now possibly are feeling unworthy. That's why he shed his blood. To cleanse us. He said, come, let us reason together. Though your sins be so great. They stain everything in your life and they're red like crimson. He said, I'm able to change that and remove them so much from you that what once was stained as red now is white as the driven snow. Receive his salvation today. Receive his deliverance today. Receive his peace today. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is the promise of Almighty God to us. For some, maybe it's just the beginning of knowledge of this. Would you stand with me today? I feel prompted.